Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I do. I, I mean, I appreciate I you hearing stories. it. So, I've been, in a, I've been in a bit of a slump Uh-oh. lately. Oh, yeah, it hasn't been good. Oh no! Maybe that's why I haven't heard so many bowling stories lately. <laughs> well, this is this is what's fascinating, and and I can't even explain okay. what I'm about to describe to you. So, as I've as I've explained to you before, on like a league night, you typically bowl three games, and your total for three games is used to like your three scores added up. You divide that by three, and that's how you get your average that calculates your handicaps and all that sort of stuff. And so a lot of times throughout the night, people will take a look and see how you're doing. They'll see your total up. They'll ask you how many games you're through. And, you know, you can kind of get a gauge on how someone is doing. So through my first two games yesterday, my total added up for the two games was 292. That's abysmal. For two games, right? So like that's what? For two games. 145, 146 a game. Yes. Okay. My third game, I shot a 278. What? So I what went, changed? That's just it. I I don't know, uh, really, uh, other than I, I kind of walked away for, a, like, after the second game. So it was a nightmare, dude. Like, I had, through through two games, the first game I had five splits. I shot a one. I shot a 130. And was just terrible. And second game, I shot a 162. And the third game, basically, I just sort of, I just started over entirely. Like, went back to the ball that I usually start with. Went back to my starting position. Didn't try to do any, like. And you weren't doing those things previously? Well, so, when you're shooting, as the ball as the ball reacts to the lane conditions, you you try to adjust right. how you throw, right? So like if the ball's like I'm left handed, so if the ball just sort of sits and spins on the outside and doesn't dive into the pins like I wanted to, then you move left. If it's moving too much, you move right and you try to create more space so that since the ball's being aggressive, you're trying right. to create more of an angle so that it has more room to sort of dive in without diving across the front of the pin. That's probably, that's more of a lane condition thing, right? It is. And so at first I was having problems with the ball moving at all. So I switched to a, my newest bowling ball. It was a, it's a little more aggressive. Uh, and then I was having trouble kind of the other direction. It was, it was just too aggressive the other way. Then the lane sort of dried out and I wasn't having any luck. So our success uh, so I went back to, like I said, I went back to my original ball. And then for that third game, I went nine in a row and was in the 10th yeah. frame, three strikes away from a perfect game. Um, and uh, it's funny because, you know, it's just like, it's just like anybody else. Like they always tell everybody around, you know, don't act like anything's different, do whatever. Right. And the only time anybody did anything different, which I didn't even see as a big deal is, 
it was uh, the person to my right who was bowling on the same lane as me. We it was both of our turns at the same time, and she was just like, "Do you want to go first? Do you want me to?" And I was like, "No, you go ahead." Um, and so she shot her shot. I get up there. Second, I let it go. I was like, "Nope." And sure enough, I uh, left a makeable split. Okay. Uh, May so I left a makeable split. Picked up the split and then finished with a strike. So eleven. Uh, or sorry, 10 strikes because I had to shoot two shots in the 10th frame. So, but right. nine in a row to front nine is as close as I've ever got to a perfect game. Right. Uh, the closest I'd ever come before was a front eight, uh, but it's still not the best score. I've ever I'll say it's not your place. highest score. I, I think you told me about my highest score. Number. My highest score is a 280. Yeah. Uh, and to do that, you throw a strike at the first frame you go nine spare in the second frame and then you strike out the rest of the way. So there's, there's, there's that. So, but it's just, it's, it's a funny game. Like, it's, yeah. you know, like probably like any other sport, but, uh, it was just, a just an abysmal night. And that third game, because I've been struggling, my average is down in that league. My average is down to a 187. Okay. That third game took my total for the evening up to 570 which when divided by three is a 190 average. So the way it looks in the scorebook, I bowled my average all three games. <laughs> Despite bowling a, a 270, what was it? A 292 for two games. Right, combined. but what was the third game? 278. 278, okay. So that, that took me to a 570, which uh, got me to... 190 average. And because of the intricacies of bowling scoring, the 278 was the closest you've ever been to a perfect game, not the 280. Yes, because of where I Where you got the spare, yeah. Score-wise, it was not. Now, if you got the spare in like the fourth frame, would it still be a 280? Or would the scoring Uh, add up I can't remember what the math is and how it like – it wouldn't have been a 280. It would have been uh, less than that. It would have been right. less because it's about the it's about stacking the strikes on top right. of it after after the opening because that that frame becomes twenty pins right and but so then you go back to thirty pins what's that but then don't you go back to thirty pins after that I don't know right so because it's so if you so if you go if you go front four so that's thirty in the first frame that's thirty in the second frame what I'm just laughing that we're doing this but keep going. <laughs> Uh, then that third frame becomes, uh, let's see, this is 10, 20, 20. And let's say you get a nine. Oh yeah, it's true. So then it goes to 29. Then that spare or so then that, well, no, no, that's not right. Yeah, no, it is right. It is right. Because, cause yeah. And then. Is in that strike and the or that um because it's all about what you did that first ball in the fifth and then that fourth frame becomes twenty so and then you and then you start rebuilding after that. Okay, the so. intricacies of bowling scoring. Yeah, you, if you want to get good at like quick, like if you want to understand common core math, <laughs> bowling is that it's it's silly, but it actually it's is. True. 
yeah. a way to do it because Common Core, like Common Core addition, subtraction, multiplication is all about groupings. Right. And that's basically what you do with math and bowling is it's all about groupings and building on itself. Which I did that myself since going back to like elementary school. For some reason, right. I always did math from the front of the numbers to the back and just in my head, right. like like on paper when I had to work it out or whatever, I worked it out the traditional way. But on the chalkboard or whatever, if I would look at something, it would be like the 10,000 plus this plus this and then add these up. And that's just how I always did it. And so when they started doing it in school, I was like, I kind of felt cheated. Like I thought I was doing something cool and now that's what they're trying to teach everybody. But and then I thought, well, well d- it's, it's math now too. Just take it as the compliment that you were you were doing math in a in a higher order, more complex way of doing it. Not a more. But see, to me, way, it, a, that's weird that you say that too, though, because to me, it was not more complex at all. It was way more simple. No, it's really not. What what it does is though is it teaches your brain to be more analytical and, and sort of break things into pieces, right. and that's not how we teach math, right? Like yeah. you, the, even though that's the way you learn. Like we, we were taught, you know, you're taught your multiplication tables and you're taught to memorize what something is, what you describe and what common core math does is it actually makes you like show it and articulate it. And that's like watching my kid do math and and how fast he does math versus how I ever was able to do it. Like he pulls shit out of his head, like nothing and right. it's funny because he hates he hates math homework now, but he's really good at it. Um, like he gets he gets all of the A's and the stickers in math. Like good he, he achieves very well. Like even when I was a kid, like if they busted out like eighteen plus forty eight, I was immediately like, oh, well, that's fifty plus sixteen. That's sixty sixty. Like it was just what I did right. automatically in my head. So. And and that's just for some reason that's just how it always worked. So who knows? Can we just I, look at us and? You know, I don't know if you're recording yet, but this is podcasting right here. This is absolutely podcasting. Of course I'm recording. I ain't stupid. I knew gold was coming when you said you had a bowling story. So I have, it's, a, I have, it's just I have a, a fickle baseball. game, man. What's that? It's just a fickle game. It man. It's just, I have a baseball so question crazy. for you, but it's not the baseball question you expect. And I don't think you're going to know the answer, but I still want to bring it up. So as you know, okay. I was, I was running late. I was coming home and I had the baseball game on, on the radio. And and it didn't strike me that it wasn't the usual Diamondbacks announcer, whose name was Craig Schulte. He wasn't yep. announcing. And I think I heard like the fourth, the fifth and the sixth inning is when I was tuning in, whatever. And at the end of the fifth, sixth inning, the announcer tells everyone that, uh, or maybe it was fifth, I don't know, but basically says, um, you know, the voice of the Diamondbacks, Craig Schulte will be taking over, blah, blah, blah next inning. And I'm like, is that normal for announcers to split up a baseball game? Yeah, actually, it's, it is not unheard of. Um, I know on the radio it's not. Uh, you'll see okay. um, even during – so for playoff baseball, they'll, they'll – depending on the affiliate you'll listen, you're listening to. Right. Like if – like I don't know which what – It's the official. It's, it's, it's the local ESPN radio. It's the big – 98.7 so, here in Phoenix. And they so are usually, the so usually that means you're going to get like John Shelby, uh, doing the, doing the play by play or well, is he with the Cubs now? I can't remember. But like, there's, there's usually like their ESPN guy, but like, uh, for example, when the Cardinals make the playoffs, KMOX, which is the Cardinals radio station, like right. ESPN does their, their recording, but then KMOX would still have their guys doing 
doing the local as well so that the local guys could do it. And so Dan McLaughlin, for example, before he got fired for drinking too much, he would, while he might not be a part of the ESPN broadcast, he might do two or three innings on the local or sometimes ESPN will, if it's the local affiliate, like there may be a national broadcast that's doing national radio and then your ESPN affiliate bringing in the local guy as part of their coverage that they get to do because they're in Phoenix. And that, you know, and now that you talk about it, because Steve Berthume and Tom Brunner, mm-hmm. they are the TV announcers for the Diamondbacks. Right. Greg Schulte yeah. and Darren Sutton, not Darren Sutton. I don't know who the, uh, who the other commentator, maybe it's Rich Waltz. I'm just looking at the list of, of who they have right now. They do the radio. No, Rich Waltz is TV. I don't know who else does this radio. So I wonder if what I heard was was Steve Berthume. Maybe they were having the TV guy since the game is not locally. The game's probably not being shown on Fox. No, because it's on it's on TBS. Because it's on TBS. Because it's you know the LCS yeah, game you're, seven. You're, so you're that makes total to sense Darling why they would do that. I guess in my brain it's just like well then you just don't announce and the other guy does. But yeah, I don't know the the intricacies of it. But it struck me as odd when I heard someone announce that somebody else was taking over, and I was like, huh, that's. Not anything that I've ever noticed before. I may have experienced it before and just never realized it. Who knows? Um, but I'll have to ask Derek Montilla, who who is working overtime since the Cardinals made the playoffs and now are, you know, possibly going to the World Series. So, yes, that too. Um, Cardinals will not be making the playoffs for a long time. Uh, the Diamondbacks are, you know, essentially on the precipice, on, on the cusp of of the World Series, which means Derek has to keep working. It's a cover of the Diamondbacks for PHNX Sports. There, so. there are worse things to be doing, man. To be, you know. What I oh, mean? if you look at his social media, dude's having a blast. So, oh yeah, this time is like I'm jealous. Exactly. I mean, this is why you. This is why you do this, right? He gets to do this stuff for a living. It's what he's always wanted to do. He's talked about it before. So. Good on him for getting to do that and good on them. So there you go. We've talked about bowling. We've talked about baseball. Maybe now, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about wrestling. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up! Miranda Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? Eddie Greg DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome! It is a beautiful 
Tuesday evening, Tuesday, October 24th. In the show opening, there's a portion of the show opening towards the end where a, a, a woman's voice says, and I love you, Greg. And that is the voice of a uh, former regular on the program, Heather Lynn, who when we used to tell you to follow her on social media, it was always Heather Lynn 1024. Today is 1024. Guess what that means? It's her birthday. Happy birthday to Heather. I, I won't reveal her age, even though she put it in her Instagram post. Um, uh, I was like, she put it, she put it in her socials. It's not, it's not for you to do. Exactly. If, if, if people want to go find her on social media and, and, and follow up and see her age, they are more than welcome to do so. I am not going to reveal. I will just say that um, she don't look it. Let's put it that way. So anyway, Welcome to the program. You can go follow at Heather Lynn 1024 on all every forms of social media if you want to. You can also go follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. No I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist. There is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. You go follow me at Greg DeMarco44. Go follow the website at ChairShot Media for the ChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. While you're at it, hit up ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the t-shirt. Pick up one of those beautiful chair shot t-shirts. You know what? We have been on the air now for, let's see here, 16, 17 minutes. I'm not going to forget this time. I'm going to do this now. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. We've got a fun list this week. The list is back. You just made the list. And we're talking about dead guys and, and girls. Uh, as we will be talking about dead wrestlers on the list this week. Not just the list of dead wrestlers. There is more specifics to it, but we will be talking about that. But before we do that, we do need to talk about the world of professional wrestling. And Patrick O'Dowd, I bring something up almost every week. And I keep bringing it up and bringing it up. And I started to wonder this week. Maybe I'm on to something or maybe I'm just completely wrong. So let me just bring it up. I, I believe it was last week or maybe the week before where I jokingly said the phrase, LOL, Cody appears. Yeah, because I feel like everywhere you turn on WWE programming, there is Cody Rhodes. And, and so I jokingly say they're shoving Cody down our throat. I, I titled the, the show about that, about a joke that you made about it a few weeks ago, but I don't know, like in your humble opinion, because this week on Raw, opening promo, the Judgment Day, of course, once again, your your undisputed WWE tag team champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, the show opening promo, out comes Cody, we exit the promo, not with the tag team championship match for Crown Jewel, but Cody Rhodes going one-on-one with Damian Priest, 
who was also senior money in the bank at Crown Jewel. And to me, it was reminiscent of money in the bank where I keep telling you we had to shoehorn in a Cody Rhodes match, which happened to be against Dominic Mysterio, another member of the Judgment Day. And Money in the Bank was an event that felt a little bit like there were too many matches, and I think that was the easiest match to eliminate. But we we seem to have to have Cody Rhodes on everything. So it brings me to the question. Are they shoving Cody Rhodes down our throats, or am I just overreacting when they're doing it with a lot of people? I don't know that you're overreacting. I think this is indicative of the the void that they have for someone other than Cody or Jey Uso to be an A story for the A villains. Cause you could also make the argument that the judgment day is being shoved down your throat. Right. right? And I thought about that too. Right. I was like, well, what about the judgment day? But what, what this, what this is really indicative to me is just sort of the way the WWE has structured their stories for, for raw and for not, and for SmackDown in that, that a story, as you often hear, you know, our good friend of the program, Eric Bischoff describe like that, a, that a story doesn't just sort of, it's not a thread throughout the show. It almost is. It's, it's to the point where it's damn near entirely the show. And I do think that's problematic for raw and SmackDown. Right. Like that there's just so many segments that must involve, we'll use Ra as the example, you know, you talked about Damian Priest, like we're going to have Rhea Ripley manipulating five things throughout the episode. Dominic's going to slap somebody in the face and then get slapped in the face. You know, Finn Balor is actually the guy who's sort of like, still here, guys. Hey, hey, I'm, st- hey, I'm still here. I'm Irish. Um, Look at me. I'm around like he's the but he's on the outside looking in and you've got really outside like what are your other foils to the judgment day? It's it's Cody Rhodes and it's it's Jay Uso. Like and that's kind of it. Seth Rollins is or not Seth Rollins, um Sami Zayn and Kevin right. Owens as they seem to show up everywhere, even though Well they're you know, broken they're up now, but yeah. What's that? Kevin Owens is now on SmackDown. So But Right. let's call a spade a spade that their rules aren't followed, but you know, uh, but anyway, but that's been Sami Zayn's big story now is that he's no longer right. with Kevin Owens. He's trying to prove himself as a singles guy, right? Blah, 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 which is still interactions with the judgment. Like the judgment day seems to be feuding with Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso and Sami Zayn, even though Jay's also feuding with Jimmy because he, they keep showing up and, and messing with each other stuff. And, and then there's JD McDonough running around trying to become a member of the judgment day. And that feels it's like either do it or don't do it. Like it kind of feels like well, this taking forever. But but ultimately, what you're describing, it, and this is where kind of the bigger problem is. So, you know, we talk about AEW. We talk about like there's no like it's just not coherent. Like the stories right. just just aren't there. The the thing that I see with the WWE and their problem is, is that there's just such a big gulf right. from the main story to the next stories. Like you've got what you've got like the alpha Academy sort of stuff with, with, are they still fucking around Gunter and no, and, now they've kind of actually, they're almost feuding with the new day all of a sudden and a right. baby face okay. versus baby face thing. Um, 
So that seems to be their new their new interplay. And now they've got Akira Tozawa suddenly running around with the Alpha Academy being their comedic element, even though you have Chad Gable, but he's kind of more serious now. So I guess they wanted to add in a Right. Well, because he because he had his he had his big matches with Gunther. So now, you know, he's he is like he, he did the big serious thing. Right. He was like the hope the hope spots. Like we had to have three hope spot matches with, right. with Chad Gable and Gunther. Uh, and, and I do that feel that there, I think there's an underlying tone of slowly reestablishing the tag team divisions on both Raw and SmackDown so we can split those titles up eventually. I think yeah, that's sure. going to happen. Um, but but when when the when the attention is so cursory to everything else, like what do you? Like, like that's that's where then things feel like you're being force fed because you are at the top because right. this is what the the WWE is like. We know right now Cody Rhodes works like he does. Like he's is he unless I'm wrong, he's not getting booed yet. No, Sorry. no, no, no. The, and and do I right? believe the fans will turn on him someday? Yes, it has not happened. He is still right. over. So so they're fun. riding that wave. Um, I you know who I feel is the interesting odd man out in sort of these two companies is Seth Rollins, like who is basically like the ultimate plug and play guy. You know, he's got this deal with Shinsuke that, that he just came out of. And now it's Drew McIntyre. Uh, for, and for now Seth. it's Drew McIntyre. But like, that's the guy, like that's a guy who I'm just like, that could be an A story guy, but is, but his carousel of, of guys that he's up against, I don't know that the audience sees the same way. It's it's weird too because his match with Shinsuke did main event fast lane, and so yeah, that it was a good nice. match. I watched it. Um, but it is it was ne- a great match. But it the, was a the, good the match. build with Drew McIntyre, which has only been a few weeks long, has been more of a mid card feud, seemingly. Right. Um, but your, they haven't. I honestly thought him. Rollins was going to defend his championship more on television than he has. I really thought that was going to be a thing where you'd see him occasionally in the main event of Raw. That's been more of a thing for Gunther at times and, and the tag team titles, um, which changed hands a couple times over the past few months. So it hasn't been there. And, and, and who knows now as we head towards Survivor Series after Crown Jewel and, and what they're going to do there. There's some speculation about the building set up because they've suddenly started selling all the tickets behind the stage. To, which makes you think there's not going right. to be a stage, and yet there's only six rows on one side. You could scoot those down, and now you could fit the two rings in for war games. Maybe they'll go war games. Maybe they won't. Who the hell knows? Oh, Greg, are you are you trying to speak that into existence? I saw Absolutely. that tweet, by the way. Absolutely, I am. Right. Um, I'll, I'll wing it to that here in a second, because um, I have an idea for war games I think you might like. But it, to me, it's just... Uh, and you mentioned the Judgment Day, and and that's an interesting factor because if you're gonna, if you're a babyface territory, which WWE still is, which Raw is, the babyfaces are still the biggest drawing stars, champions or not, because championships now more than ever are, are a prop that Triple H is trying to make not a prop, but um, the Judgment Day are those reliable heels that continue to be there so you can build up your baby faces. If you look at their win-loss records, they're probably terrible. Um, but the company's doing better than ever right now. Ratings are up. Houses are up. Like, everything is on the up. And no one would credit the Judgment Day for it, but you probably should. 
Like it, oh, it's one thousand percent. Like it's funny that you were like, "This is a babyface territory," and the two most powerful draws, in my opinion, in the, in the company are 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 the Judgment Day and and the Bloodline. I don't well, know if the, the Judgment Day is a powerful draw, or if it's whoever's the desire, opposing the Judgment. The desire Day. to see them get beat, yes, is a powerful draw. The desire but, to see Dom- Dominic Mysterio, as we talk about him becoming the he's, just, he's, he's, he's going to be this like he's defying all odds. Because <laughs> I swear to God, when this dude first showed up on my television screen, we I, were like, I "It's just not going to happen." Was, I we, did, we literally I was like, said that that ain't it. And yet here I am being like, "Well, maybe it is it." Maybe yeah. I mean he's he's definitely found something, and we're watching him grow into this. What? But that's being. Like, like, yeah, sure. We want to see the baby. We want to see our heroes. When we go to a WWE show, but I think that there's just as much a desire to see mommy get pissed. There's just as much a desire to see dot dirty Dom get smacked in the face there. You know, there's just as much a desire to watch Finn Balor. Um, Cause you know, hi, I'm Finn Balor. I'm still here. Hey, I'm still here, guys. Right. Uh, like, actually, I he needs. I actually kind of want him out of the Judgment Day at this point. Like, he just feels like he's there. I actually think he's going to be the one who stays. I think. Yeah, you think, I think the end result. I think by the end of the year, the Judgment Day is going to be. I think Priest is going to be out. I think whenever he cashes in, I think Finn's going to cost him. I really do. And maybe J.D. McDonough as well. And then the team, like J.D. McDonough and Finn Balor will be in the Judgment Day, along with Dominic, along with Rhea Ripley. And Priest will be out. And and But uh, but who knows? Like, I've said it before, the demon does not work on a heel Finn, Finn Balor. That doesn't mean we yeah. need the demon right now, though. The demon can wait. No, not at all. And, and Finn is a phenomenal heel. And he had the match with Seth Rollins, but, like, you could run a long program with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. Um, that could be very good, even though they just but did it. Who's right your, after. who's your, so to, to get back to this, like, who's your, who are, who are the draws? Who's your baby face draw on SmackDown? It, honestly, it's probably Rey Mysterio. That's a problem. Is it though? I don't think it is. Yeah. The LWO is over huge. Sure. And who are they feuding with? I don't even remember now. <laughs> I got to think back the and, and figure out who they're the feuding problem. with right now. That's um, the problem. Who the hell? Are, the show, there is though. an answer to that right. question too. The show. There is an answer to that question of who they're feuding with, and well, now sure. Ray's getting ready to drop the title of Logan Paul at um, oh, that'll at Crown Jewel. Yes, that's true, but um, but that's the problem, right? Like, but, uh, but also they face territory. I'm, I'm completely stupid. The answer to that question wasn't Ray. It's LA Knight. He's your top draw. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah him, and, him and John Cena until the actors. But here's know. the thing. There was a talk about a WWE house show over the weekend in Laredo, Texas. That was their lowest drawing house show in a while. LA Knight versus Solo Sokoa was on top. So, and then right under that was Charlotte Flair, EO Sky, and it was either Bianca Belair or Oscar. I can't remember who the third was. But... Yeah, it's it's very interesting. SmackDown because it's on Fox. The draw to SmackDown is SmackDown. Like, like it's just it's presented in such a way that this is just the show to watch, 
and and poof, we watch it and and people come out in droves. So it will be interesting when SmackDown returns to cable to see how the storytelling element of SmackDown changes and where Raw goes. And 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 depending on the network that Raw ends up on, do we shift a bloodline over to Raw? Like what happens then? So it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, but I wanted to go back to when you were talking about the Judgment Day. Everyone wants to see Dominic get the shit kicked out of him. We know that. And and people amazing. And people definitely want to boo Damian Priest and Finn Balor. On Raw, they did a contract signing, and I thought it was very well done. They did a contract signing for the women's championship match at Crown Jewel, which is a five-way. And Adam Pierce was rushing the challengers out. Get him to sign, get him to sign, get him to sign. Because every time they're all together, a big brawl ensues. So he wanted to prevent the brawl from happening. So he had the four challengers sign, and then he was just like, I'm going to get Rhea Ripley's signature later. We're done here. And the crowd was pissed. They want, and then Rhea Ripley's music hit and they popped and Rhea Ripley's been getting pops from the crowd. Like I do think yeah. the crowd wants to cheer her. And I think now that Becky Lynch has lost the NXT championship, spoiler alert. Yep. I definitely think we're on a, 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 a straight and narrow to towards Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley night one main event WrestleMania. Like, I think that's where we're headed to. I think Rhea Ripley's going to come out of that match completely babyface just because of the crowd. Because it, it's it's the theory with Edge, it's a theory with Kevin Owens, it's a theory with so many other heels. Sometimes heels are so damn good at being heels, people just start to like them, and and that's yeah. just what what happens. She's I see, very good at her. It job. happened to us in, in IZW twenty twenty. We had a team we thought were heels. They cheated to win a match. The crowd popped, and I was like, "They're baby faces," and they're they're baby faces now. So. It's 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 just the crowd is going to go, and I just think Rhea Ripley is such a damn good performer, and that's the crazy thing. We've always talked about the crowd; the people are eventually going to turn on Cody Rhodes. They're also eventually going to turn around on Dominic Mysterio. At some oh, yeah. point, they absolutely. will love Dom again. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because they will still really boo him. They will boo him out of love. It'll be the craziest right. thing. It'll be the craziest thing. I think they're already, I think some are already booing him. Oh yes. They absolutely are. They're they're Um, booing Dom because it's the thing to do. It's just right. Just like they, how they booed John Cena and Roman Reigns. Again, go back and watch when that music hit by the time Yabadu happened on John's like, like the John Cena music hits. It was a pop from the crowd that quickly became booze. And I firmly believe the booze were piped in. Roman Reigns, the music would hit. It was a pop from the crowd and then turned to booze. And I think those booze were piped in as well. I stand firm on my thing that, that Dominic Mysterio's microphone is turned down a little bit when he cuts his promos because when he was promoing on Raw, somebody else's mic was also turned down when they started talking. You could tell. So I think there's, I think there's that. I like some of the intricate storytelling, like Rhea's talking with all these different people backstage, and but, but some of it just to me does seem to take a little too long, right? And and I don't know, but but maybe it'll be worth it when but it happens. I don't know. Like if JD McDonough eventually joins a Judgment Day, I don't think anybody's going to care when they would have cared a no. month ago. Yeah, I just I sit there when I think about Raw. You've got this three hour show, and what do people pull out of it week after week after week after week? That's the weird thing about Raw is that, yes, you have to build. You also got to fill three hours. Right. That's a but, long ass but time. But what are you filling those three hours with? Uh, yeah, well, Triple just, H is, is he's filling it with more wrestling. 
like, true. I haven't seen the articles that used to cover the time of matches or whatever, but yeah. I guarantee you if we did a comparison to a year ago, the, the total match length on Raw is longer now than it was a year ago. That's just my gut instinct. I don't know. I, I would say that makes sense because you, you see a ton of not just like longer match. Like now that they do these commercial breaks where they don't cut away from the action and they just put the, right, the commercial picture, picture. break in the corner, like you're seeing – 30 some not 30 some minute matches but like from entrances to finish yes thir- so like the segment, in, that, that portion of the segment. show yeah. it covers multiple segments but yeah it can total 30 right. minutes uh so yeah i can i can see that uh, it, it's, so, it's very I, I don't know yeah it's just it's interesting to me because there are and and they're also building on raw they build from week to week very well there's four matches announced for next week's raw that were all set yep. up through this week's Raw. Like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano versus Imperium. That was set up on this week's Raw. Seth Rollins versus J.D. McDonough was set up on this week's Raw. You've got, um, crap, I can't even remember now. There, there were two other ones that were that were set up next week on this week's Raw that, that are escaping me now, and I feel stupid. Um, but they definitely are are there. Cody didn't wrestle this week on Raw either. He just came out twice. So... To go back to yep. the original original question, um, so it is, yeah, and of course, Raw next week. It, it's people are going to talk about how horrible it was because it's not going to do so well in the ratings because it's fucking Halloween. So yeah. it's it's is next week is next Monday Halloween or is it Tuesday? I might be wrong. Next, uh, it's next Tuesday. Okay, never mind then. We'll all be fine because we're we're recording on Tuesday. It's the twenty fourth. Right, Seven days yeah, from today will be the thirty first. So happy birthday, Heatherlyn. So yeah, it's it's all good. Um. But yeah, it's very interesting. It, you are right, though. Like it's 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 I it, it would be a hell of a job to have. And and don't get me wrong, it's still my dream job to have to put these things together, and it'll never happen. But I can only imagine the undertaking that it is to book raw from week to week. Um, right. God, imagine if it was still like not a brand split, and you had to book five hours of television every week. Like, because they're not really booking five hours of television every week. They're booking three hours of television every week and they're booking two hours of television every week and they're doing so right. separately and they probably have separate writing teams. I don't know all the intricacies right now. I could ask and probably find out, but um, I do, I do like some of the changes and that and just little things like we talked about Nick Aldis. Uh, Love Nick. Coming, I, coming to SmackDown. He's and literally, we are immediately doing, a conflict yeah. between the SmackDown and Raw ge- general managers. And with- we're slowly getting towards Pierce being the baby fa- face version and all this being the heel version. I. But, well, it was, it was just kind of funny because all this, what all this did the heel thing. Right. Where he wasn't wrong, but everybody just hates it. He was, well, but he, cause he, he kicks wrong. Pierce out of SmackDown. Right. When Pierce is just there trying to get Jay out. But then all this shows up on Raw. We don't really know why. And and Pierce says, I, I would like you to stay. So it's like yeah. he's he's, you know, doing the olive branch and all of that. I will say this. Especially we talked last week about how Nick Aldis is 36 years old. He's literally younger than like Roman Reigns, both Uso, Sami Zinka, all these people. Right. This ends with Nick Aldis, comma, WWE superstar, in my opinion. Maybe sooner than later. Because here's the deal. 
I talked about trying to speak Survivor Series into existence, and I'm not trying to speak this into War Games existence because I don't think it's going to be War Games. But if we do get a Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, and they build their yep. teams up over a week or two, I could see all this building up his team of five to have four, and then the fifth member is Nick Aldis. Yeah. And that's right. his way of getting back in the ring. Some people think we could get to Pierce versus Aldis. Yes, I think Pierce could still go, but like, does he want to? Would right. he? And if he I mean, did, he he'd have to lose. He because, hasn't worked a real, real right. match. Since like 2016 or something like that. Right. 2014. It's like it's been a long time. Um, but Aldis can still go. I just think this was their way of getting Aldis back in the fold. We talked about last week until they can get him slotted in as a wrestler. And, and this is probably like, okay, we could start you off from zero or we can start you off from GM and you're already this further, uh, you know, this far ahead after one week. So I am very interested to see where that goes, but I think it ends with Nick Aldis in the ring for WWE. Can I tell you my war games pitch? Yeah. Pitch me your war games pitch. So, We've had well, actually hold up, hold up. Oh, you've lost, you lost it, didn't you? You lost. Did I, lose? You, I was like, you can't pitch the war game. You can't I don't have a war games right without yeah. without. I, I don't Will, have William Regal is saying war games. Two different days, I have brought the computer upstairs with me to work, hoping that I can put some sound bites together. But work has been absurdly insane lately, so I don't have. That's any disappointing. Yet. I'm I'm sorry. You'll we'll be sorry. okay. We'll be all right. Um, but here's my pitch for war games. We've seen the NWA, the classic blood and guts war games. I guess blood and guts is not the right term since thanks to AEW. Transition into like this fall classic where there weren't really always feuds involved, but they were still the match. We saw it brought back in NXT where it was used for feuds. We introduced women's war games. The last NXT war games was really old guard versus new guard. We then brought it to the main roster where we had... The women's one where we kind of shoehorn some different members in because because we needed to get the teams of five. Of course, we had the bloodline versus the brawling brutes and 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 Drew McIntyre and I can't remember who else. Oh, Kevin Owens team with them as well. So we had all of that. So a lot of things have been done with war games. There's one thing that has not been done with war games, in my opinion, that the WWE can do. Or if it has happened, it hasn't happened in WWE, but I don't, I don't think it happened in WCW. We have never had teams and war games that comprise of both men and women. It's true. And it doesn't, we've always said you could get anybody over and anybody in position in WWE in two weeks to do anything. We've got the judgment day on raw, which has four members, one of which being a woman. And we've got the OC on SmackDown, which has four members, one of which being a woman, Mia Yim. I don't see why we don't build to a four on four war games. And maybe we add a fifth memory team. Who knows? But like, and you could even work out the order to where it makes sense for when the women enter. And for the first time ever, we can have a mixed slash intergender war games. That would be fully believable. It would, they could pull it off. They could do great things with it. That's my pitch for war games. Do you have to get there? Yes. Can you get there? I believe you can. Because it wouldn't I mean, take much for, for Nick Aldis to motivate the OC to go yeah. do something. Because they're not even being used that much. So Aldis, they could go to Aldis and complain and be like, yo, where's our opportunity, Mr. Commissioner? Like, AJ and Aldis have history. So, so right. they could even play off on that. And Aldis could be like, I got an idea for you. 
talk about it privately. They show up on Raw the next Monday, and, and the next thing you know, we're off to the races. We've got ourselves a War Games match. We still can't bust out William Regal yet because his year isn't up, but we'll get there next year. So that's my pitch for War Games. I mean, it's a good pitch. Because I just I don't um, want War Games to just be brand versus brand. I feel like... I'm cool with brand versus brand Survivor Series, but I just think War Games needs it would still be brand versus brand, right? You'd still well, have a raw team and a smack. War Games team, is, war games is supposed to be one. I know it's special to you in general, but yes, like war, war games. games, War Games is supposed to feel like the like the end of something, right? Right, and you and the, and literally the SmackDown versus Raw thing can never end. I no. think that the quote unquote traditional Survivor Series match between Raw and SmackDown is a fun, friendly, not so friendly competition way to go about that whole that whole deal. War games to me has always felt and is supposed to feel personal. It's supposed to be like I said, it's supposed to it's supposed to be a feud finisher. Right. And and that's not a feud you can finish. Yeah, you're exactly right, and and that's why I think if it was a feud between the Judgment Day and and the OC, right. it could work. It would be a long feud. It'd be a short feud. No, it doesn't have to. It could last through War Games. Exactly, and maybe you know a, a show or two after where you have some because you could easily have you know you got all yeah, the members. You, you could do those, different you matches. Watch a before the Royal Rumble, and then you know I'm sure right. Fastlane is in there somewhere, right? Like is it Fastlane just always? happened? But yeah. They moved fast lane. Fast lane just happened, oh, so it wouldn't be fast. You know lane. what I mean, though. Like, yeah, they'll 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 put something in there. I don't know. Well, NXT has a December PLE with Deadline, so and I don't think there's going to be a WWE their one. Names. All of their pay per view, like all of their not the off pay per view names, I just don't care for anymore. They sound like seventh grade science project, right. you know, names or creative writing. Well, the NXT names. Deadline thing. Made makes sense because they do this like, the Iron Survivor Challenge match or whatever. But um, and they've been smart. The NXT ones in Hartford, Connecticut, or Bridgeport, Connecticut, or somewhere Connecticut. Like like they're being smart with right. their locations for the NXT ones, so they can draw well. Um, Dude, you know what? You know what I just th- thought of as a good idea for the list. What's that? Like non WWE non WWE pay per view games that were like just bank. I love wrestling event names. So I would always be and, and I think and I think yeah and and we'd have to pick the rule you gotta like basically cut out any WCW name because like can't use Halloween Havoc sorry WWE well they've taken over so many yeah but I would Stargate. want sorry yeah I think I think we we take WCW out of it as well because um, because you know it's an underrated I'll just say this not an underrated but for for as many problems as that company has endured and survived and changed its name a dozen times Bound for Glory is a good pay per view name it is. It's a really actually they had some pretty good. Pay, they had some great some pretty good pay. hard justice, hard to kill. Destin, I love Destination X. Like Destination X, it, it, they, they had some good pay per view names, and hopefully, remember TNA's back. It is back, baby. TNA's back. back starting in January. All, all, we, all we need is Jeff Jarrett's music to hit for the first episode, and everybody. I know, like, know. like how long is his deal with 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 AEW? Um, I don't know. He's r- working more matches than anybody else. Though, I apparently, know. I was shocked by that stat when I shared it with you guys. I was like, holy crap. Um, more Good on the 700-year-old Jeff Jarrett. He, right? he he's a, he's a worker. He's always been. And, you know, 
Christopher Platt always hit the greatest worker ever. By the way, D-backs D- 4-2 lead into the bottom of the ninth. What out. Right? Oh, is it? I'm not, I just, not on my phone. So, yeah, good luck. Good luck there. So, no, you're right. Bound for Glory, great name. Ring of Honor, a lot of great names. I literally, one of my favorite things, you know, if you didn't know, Greg's a wrestling promoter. I love naming our events. I really do. Um, and I try to even shy away. From, we have one event that has the same name every year, Monster, um, which is our, our Royal Rumble show. And I labored over that, going with different names for it until, until that one hit me. Um, I'm a bit like both, both you know, Navajo Warrior and myself love a lot of classic music. People don't even know how many events that we've had that have been named after Kiss songs or albums because he's a huge <laughs> Kiss fan. Monster, in fact, is a Kiss album, but that's not why I picked the name. Um, I, I've named other events. We had a Wanted Dead or Alive. Could be a lot of a things, bon but it's definitely the Bon Jovi song. Um, I am fully intend to have a Kickstart My Heart next year uh, as an event name. Uh, we That's actually the opening song to our events. So we have the old school IZW so song. We have the old school IZW song that used to be played, but it's kind of a slow, laid back song, and to me that didn't exude excitement. It doesn't. Yeah, you want to you want to pump the crowd, like right. Basically, I'd have to look at the times. I guess I can have it because I have the food bar open right here. But but we start with, um, geez, where are the times? Um, where are we? I don't want to. So the IZW song is 338 and Kickstart My Heart is 443. When we hit the five-minute warning, we go into the IZW song, and then that goes right into Kickstart My Heart, and that's when the announcer gets in the ring and all that, too. So right at that, you know, we don't finish Kickstart My Heart, but we get through. So that's – You got to build that anticipation. And it really adds up, right up to the five minutes. So see, it's all – What out of way for the Diamondbacks, too. Oh, look at that. Let's go. I think at this point, it's not a bold prediction to say they're going to go. But good on them. I said that good on them. It's not over yet. Um, but yeah, and, and music, of course, running these things, literally one of the most important parts of any wrestling show. It's insane. But um, God, we've been all over the place again. It's going to suck. Best shows don't have an together. agenda. Yeah, we do good stuff. And we don't have an agenda. All right. We're going to go to commercial. We're going to come back, do a list. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Acknowledge me. You just made the list. It is time to do the list for this week. Pat Patrick Dowd has me intrigued now by his list idea that he shared earlier. We're going to have to do that one with the show names because like we talked about, I love me some wrestling show names. It's a big part of what I have to do. But we are talking about dead wrestlers this week. It's not just a list of dead wrestlers, although we could do that. Maybe we'd find a more respectful title for it than just dead wrestlers, but I think it would be okay. These are dead wrestlers that we'd love to see in action today. That's what we, we are talking about with this week's list. Now, we're trying to avoid current or, or recently departed wrestlers. Like a lot of people would be like Bray Wyatt. Right. Because he just passed away. But we've seen Bray Wyatt today. 
We saw Bray Wyatt as early as January, as recently as January. So that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about dead wrestlers from a different era that we'd like to see in action against the talent of today. Is what we are talking about. So, and, um, and I even re- I even tried to restrict it. Like, how did you restrict? it? Well, because like, th- there's there's at least two names. Actually, I can think of three names that I right. can see a lot of people being like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That we actually saw wrestle when we were younger, like in our, oh, yeah. You know, like, that, that, you I, know, I think it's probably going to be my entire list. Teens, like into college age. And I, I intentionally left those names off. I'm probably went, going to say them. So it doesn't matter. What? I'm probably going to say them. So it doesn't really matter. Probably. Yeah. But. It just, it depends. I have some on my list that I haven't fully decided which three I'm going to use off of my list either, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So we have not done a list in the past few weeks. So just to make sure everybody knows how we do this, I came up with a list of dead wrestlers we'd like to see in action today. So Patrick Dow will go first. He will put somebody on the list. Then I will go. Then he will go. I will go. And we'll take turns till we get our six. Then we will flip it. I will go first and we will put the six in order. And that will be our list. This is not a top six list. We could do this list again in a month. It might be completely different. This is just the list. And this week's the list. You just made the list. Dead wrestlers that we would love to see in action today. Patrick O'Dowd, you get to go first. Who is your dead wrestler? I got to come up with a better phrase, but now it just rolls off the top. I mean, I'm just going to get it out of the way. Because the man transcends all eras and is the greatest wrestler in the history of ever. And... I've only really watched him in archived footage uh, because by the time I actually saw him in the early 80s before he stopped wrestling, he was well past the prime of what he was in the 70s when oh, yeah. he was amazing with his boy Bobby Heenan. And that character would be massive today, in my opinion, regardless of my personal feelings about one Nick Bockwinkle. Like, that dude... That dude is a that dude is a character. Plug and play any era of wrestling right. you've ever been in. It's gonna work. And he was ah, oh, he was so smooth in the ring. People like AEW fans would love him because he's a technician. Uh, WWE fans would love him because he could be a sports entertainer with that that you know oozing class. And you know he uh, he was just amazing. Nick Bockwinkle got to put him on. Absolutely can't, can't not put him on. Would have been shocked if you didn't put him on. So absolutely, 100% expected Nick Bockwinkle to be on your list. Um, you know what's funny is that the first name that I thought about on this list, I then had to realize, like, I was, oh, this was perfect, all imaginable. And then I realized he's not dead. <laughs> so I couldn't put Magnum TA on <laughs> Who the was list. That? It was Magnum TA. Um, no. Taken from no. the world yeah. of wrestling far too soon, but not from the world of the world. Uh, is he still right. alive? So yeah, that would not have been good if I just randomly killed off Magnum TA in the making of this list. That would not have been good. I, it's so hard because of the different names and, and all the, and yes, this is someone that we saw, um, which was not a rule. I do think it's a different era when this person wrestled. And that was kind of the rule that we talked about in our exchange coming up with the list, but I would love to see this person and this character today. And it has nothing to do with the fact that his son just debuted on NXT today in the ring anyway. <laughs> and that is of course, Brian Pillman. 
I would love to see. Could you imagine a feud with Brian Pillman and Seth Rollins? Like that would just be amazing. Like the exchange they could have with the production values of today. I think some of the promos that Brian Pillman could do would be amazing back in the Thunderdome era. The, um, with the cinematic matches, I think Pillman could have been amazing in that setting. Um, and there's a lot of stuff you could have done. So my first addition to the list is Brian Pillman. You know, there, there's an argument to be made that you can't just have sort of that pure baby face wrestler in wrestling anymore. And I disagree with it. Um, to an extent, I think that it is a character that can still work when done well. I think that we talk about wrestlers who were taken too soon. Tragically, this wrestler died under very suspect circumstances, but was believed to be one of the next big things in the NWA before he died uh, and was the first of many tragic deaths in the Von Erich family. as David Von Erich who, if you've ever watched him wrestle in world-class, was the most talented, in my opinion, of the Von Erich brothers. And, you know, he, you know, of course you had that Von Erich, like good old heroic boy, right. baby face thing, that white bee baby face. I think he had the charisma, the personality to pull off. To, he could pull it off today. And so David Von Erich was, is my second choice. See, when I started watching the old world-class episodes on ESPN, it was after having been introduced to Carrie Von Erich. And so right. to me, Carrie was always the guy. And so I don't know that I was ever able to watch David with like a, a clean palate, so to speak. Um, so, You're so good. Yeah. Oh, no, it definitely was. Definitely was. And, and David Von Erich is one that absolutely belongs on the list and, and – and, uh, a great choice and would have been a hell of a baby face. Uh, were the Von Erics ever really heels? Like never, never, even not outside of world class. class. I don't think they What's were that? heels. I don't even think they were heels outside of world class. No, they, 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 they were very, they were very well protected. That, like that they had whole, some runs in New York and, and Portland, which and is hilarious because Fritz face. was a dick. Oh like, yeah. He was, he, he was completely a heel. He was, he was completely a heel and, and not at all of on Eric. So yeah, that's right. Interesting. Um, great additions to the list. I really do, do love those. I am actually staying where you are for my selection, except I am going to the other side. This person was both a baby face and a heel, but they are far more remembered as a heel. And I think could, could have, could have been one of the biggest heels in the history of professional wrestling had they not passed away. Also under suspect circumstances, and that is Gino Hernandez. Uh, Gino Hernandez, who I learned more about, again, watching the old reruns of World Class and then the YouTube and everything. Um, because of the role that Bruce Pritchard played with Houston Wrestling, he's talked about Gino Hernandez a ton, a ton on his podcast. And, right. and it comes up a lot, um, especially if you listen to the older ones. But to me, I think that he was a star that could have soared to amazing heights and just never got that opportunity. So to me, Gino Hernandez is one and, and could be a candidate for number one, in my opinion. Sure. I I mean, it's hard to all of these all all four of these guys are like this is gonna be That's a tough true. list You're to exactly like, right. actually actually put numbers work. next to. 
Um, you, you can't go wrong with any of these so far. We I'm haven't going, had we with, haven't had the Bashams yet that that Patrick or Dad would put on the list. That so. was a great pick. Fuck off. I love it. <laughs> I'm proud of it. I'm gonna stand by it. Um, you should. It's your list. You know, when, when the inspiration hits, and oddly enough, the Bashams were the inspiration for that list. Good for them. All right. Um, so. I'm I'm going even further back for my last choice as as I dipped deep into the old school, old school, old school. The there's a lot of argument out there as to who the originator of the gimmick was. Um, I'm intrigued, but there's nobody there's nobody more cited than Gorgeous George. And I mean, when when people like Muhammad Ali speak about the influence that the dude has. Now that character would need some tweaking in today's audience, but would it need that much tweaking in today's audience? I don't think it would. And I think it would still work and it would be a fucking heat magnet. I mean, and then it would be over and then people would love it and, and it would be great to me. In my opinion, you tweak Gorgeous George and you have Pretty Deadly. Right. In a lot of ways. And 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 they have not toned down what they do. The, the the gay undertones of what Pretty Deadly does is amazing. And and they take it even further on social media. Like like the stuff right. they do on social media is amazing. And, and hilarious. And the hotel room of, pictures of them of the with strategically just, placed bananas is perfect. Right. Just the majority of any quote unquote flamboyant heel persona a lot of it can be attributed to gorgeous george most of what we see on television today can be attributed is attributed to, to george because george. he was that first character i think he was the first wrestler to have theme music i could be wrong yep. but there's so many things he that came were attributed to like pomp to him. and circumstance right Didn't yeah he just like savage so. i think so like it People don't realize, like, you could almost go from, from Gorgeous Get George. Get your filthy hands off of me. Like, Dusty Rhodes was heavily influenced by Gorgeous George, who then heavily influenced Ric Flair, who heavily influenced an entire generation of wrestlers. Like, he also influenced superstar Billy Graham, who influenced Hulk Hogan, who influenced right. a generation. Like, you could almost trace so much of what we see on television today back to Gorgeous George, and he does not get the credit at all. It's it's a shame. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you go back and you watch again, just watch old wrestling people. Just yeah. watch some of this stuff because you will see so much of what you love today. Like you were talking about pretty dead. Hell, even the ridiculousness of Seth Rollins. Yeah. Even oh, if absolutely. he's not right. even if he's not gonna claim it, like that gorgeous George did it first. There's so much, yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, such an amazing performer. He was such a celebrity too. He was so, he was uh-huh. huge back in the day. Anyway, okay. He was Here's like that. how people talk about Ric Flair today, like in in mainstream media, right? Like being in rap songs and stuff like that. Like, like it just that was that was gorgeous, George back then. So yeah, he would be huge and and another candidate. Like you said, they're all candidates for number one on the list. So I started with somebody in the Attitude Era. And I'm going back to the Attitude Era for another dead wrestler. But given the rise over the past probably seven years now of women's wrestling and the way that women's women's wrestling has been categorized and the athleticism and physicality involved in women's wrestling with wrestlers like Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Raquel Rodriguez, 
and, and the likes of a Tiffany Stratton in NXT. I imagine if China came up today and didn't have to be treated as the ninth one of the world as somewhat of a freak show because of, mm-hmm. of how she was compared to women ended up having to wrestle men and then went back and wrestled women after that. And it didn't really fit because she had already, she, she won a woman's championship after being intercontinental champion or European champion. So it just didn't right. make a whole it didn't ton make of sense. sense. But imagine if she came up today and went through the NXT and had the feuds with Charlotte's and Bailey's and so many others like China would be amazing. It could be a huge mainstream star for all the right reasons. And so I am going to put China on the list of dead wrestlers. You just made the list. So now Patrick O'Dowd comes a bigger challenge. We've had some tough lists to put in order. But this might be the hardest list that right. we've ever had to put in order. We've got Nick Bockwinkle, Brian Pillman, David Von Erich, Gino Hernandez, Gorgeous George, and China. And now we've got to put this list in order. And it is very, very difficult. So I get to go first, and then Patrick will go second. We'll take turns. I am going to do what I said earlier. I mean, I could pick a number out of a hat, and nobody could complain over who I chose to be number one on the list. But I am going to go with, to me, the biggest what if of the entire list of what they would have looked like uh, in, in the mainstream water wrestling today. And that is Gino Hernandez. I will make him number one, Patrick O'Dowd. You get number two. And for my number two, I'm going to go with the most influential name on the list. In my opinion, I'm going to go gorgeous George. I thought I, I figured you were between two and that's the one that, that I actually thought you were going to go with. So I will, we'll take that one there for me. Selfishly. Um, as much as I want to see what his son accomplishes, I, I can't get there's so many pairings you could do with Brian Pillman today, so I'm going to put Brian Pillman number three on the list. That is fair. I oh boy, what do I do now? Um I I can't let him go past four. It's gotta be Nick. Like you know, right. and again You can't go wrong I, with any of them. It doesn't. It's, right. And, and yes, yeah, again, we didn't really talk much about his influence. He was just talking. We just, I just gushed about how nuts I am for him, but very much the same sort of argument. Like oh, yeah. he would, he was influential and he's, he'd be over today. So to you, sir. Absolutely. Uh, between the two, it is tough. Um, I am going to give the nod to the lone woman on the list and, and envision China in the ring with the Charlotte flares and Rhea Ripley's of today and put Charlotte flair or excuse me, put China number five. You know, what's really interesting. Is this the first time where we've only picked our picks? It might probably is. I have to go back and look at the prior lists that are in my notebook here, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, because usually one of us flips on on one of them, but not today. Well, because usually one of us, it's rare that we pick somebody who the other one wasn't like. Oh yeah, I had that person. Like it's. I it's, mean, I, I picked the Bashams, for example. So right. Sometimes you don't have a choice. We don't have, right? and occasionally I will put somebody on the list at number six. That is definitely going to stay at number six as well, and that right. hasn't happened this week either. So. Right, that was, a, but David Von Erich, who was the second name that I put out there, will be the final name on the list. And again, I just I think if anybody could pull off that that you know white meat baby face, David Von Erich could be that guy. I actually just made it to the the list with the Bashams on it, as that was a top eight list too, by the way. So because we went, was that tag? Was that that brothers? was wrestling siblings? 
and we went eight because we broke some rules or something. Like I think I we argued for it or something like that. Uh, no, because we, we did twelve the week the day of your birthday. Uh, I think the eight. I think it was just a time thing. Um, I don't know why we went eight. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm looking well, at the list fine. now, and you've got like Brett and Owen, the Bellas, Edge and Christian, Jimmy and Jay, Kane and the Undertaker, the Von Erics, the Wild Samoans, and the Bashams. So, Hell yeah. yeah. We got the Bashams. All right, so number six, David Von Erich. There we go. You just made the list. Congratulations. Number one, Gino Hernandez. Number two, Gorgeous George. Number three, Brian Pillman. Number four, Nick Bockwinkle. Number five, China. And number six, David Von Erich. You just made the list. Dead wrestlers who we would love to see in action today. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the We talked about it earlier. It came up, and I was going to save it for the three-minute warning, but it did kind of come out. But let's talk about it briefly. Like we said, before this past Saturday night, I never thought we would utter the words, TNA is back. And and we've had so many conversations over the last like 12 years of podcasting about TNA wrestling. And and that P word potential that was applied to them so many and how I graded them differently than WWE because of what they had each company had the potential to do because of the landscape within that that they promoted. Um and and Impact Wrestling at the end of Bound for Glory played a video uh about this this random treasure box with like eight or so wrestlers, and a lot of it was led by Frankie Kazarian, but you also had Eric Young, you had Jordan Grace, you had Josh Alexander, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, and so many more that were there cutting the different promos. And at the end of the promo, poof, there it was, the return of TNA wrestling. And they did this once before. They did like a one-off event as as TNA around a WrestleMania weekend, I believe. But starting with their January Hard to Kill pay-per-view, they are fully rebranding from Impact Wrestling back over to TNA. And I've seen people facepalm. I've seen people love it. It's it's definitely a, a polarizing decision to make. What say you, Patrick O'Dowd, about Impact Wrestling rebranding or retro branding itself at, back to TNA? That my first, if you're facepalming, whatever you were calling it, TNA, nobody ever really clung to the name Impact wrestling in my opinion the way like people still were calling it tna to this day so stop with the face palm like whatever i it's the more recognizable brand of what they've had uh between the two now it doesn't move the needle and suddenly create more eyeballs on the product probably not but we've been talking about this company for a while now and Say what you will about their their reach and their talent and their audience. They're a steady Eddie show. And they, in my opinion, put out some of the most reliable wrestling content to be for me to be sports entertained and, and not walk away from a program being angry about it. They arguably have the best woman's wrestler in the business right now. Um working for them they they put on it they put on it they know who they are they know what they are and they put on a good show and i think scott demore has been terrific for the that company and i think you've seen it you've seen what he can do and 
I trust his leadership for them to to make any sort of decision like that. And no, there will not be six sides to the ring. AJ Styles will not have to to argue on podcasts that they're different because their ring has six sides. Uh, this is just to me it's it's a it's a comfortable it's a comfortable shift that was what people were still calling impact wrestling anyway. Like we were still calling impact wrestling TNA. So just embrace it. It's so funny too, because I guarantee you, you can go back in time, find episodes of this program where you and I were like, get rid of the TNA name. Oh, I'm sure. And hindsight is definitely 2020. In fact, I was, and, and I'm not trying to claim clairvoyance or take credit or whatever. The name I suggested was impact wrestling solely because that was the name of the television program. Obviously, that was just more of a common sense thing than a brilliant idea because what they ended up doing, um, and, and it was a logical transition to make. Because when it first started, the name TNA was associated with tits and ass. I mean, there was a tag team in WWE called TNA. They were named that because right. they were managed by Trish Stratus. Like, that's just the way it was. But over time, and, and it was weird because, and Miranda always loves to say when she does a Miranda show, I can't miss you if you never leave. And I feel like when they dumped the name TNA, that brought out the actual love for the name. Like, I think for the name to actually be beloved and, and possibly move the needle, it had to go away. And and I think they, they picked – I always say, you know, when CM Punk turned heel and attacked The Rock back in, in you know, leading up to, to WrestleMania 29 or whatever – no one expected him to turn heel. And that was the best time to do it when right. no one expects it. Nobody was clamoring for him to change the name back to TNA. And that was the best time. And it's kind of like the problem with WWE storytelling today. They wait so long to do things that everybody's like, yeah, of course you just did that. Sometimes you got to do things that are surprises. Do I think it'll move the needle? I don't know. Uh, nostalgia is huge. We all know that. Like in branding, yeah, with logo but- making, everything, nostalgia is huge. I, I, I will say this. It won't hurt the needle, in my no. opinion. No, it not will not take away from what they're currently doing. Uh, I think it could help. It's weird because they have. We always talk about identity, like like this company has no identity. This you know AEW, like who did they even know what they are right now? Like we've asked that question before. TNA, I think from from in ring perspective, how they produce everything had an identity except the branding. Like it's always the same. They've had the same stage for like seven years. And it's very generic looking. They keep changing the color of the ring ropes. Like, believe it or not, that's actually a big part of your branding. Like, it just is. And I feel like going back to the TNA branding, it was yellow. It was red and gold like it used to be. Like, I just feel like they've already produced videos. that They they showed the video of PCO signing with, with TNA. He's the first wrestler to sign with TNA. His impact deal was up. And you have the TNA logo in the corner. Like, even though it doesn't start till January, they're already starting to infuse that in there. Is this the yep. beginning of some weird TNA versus Impact Wrestling angle? Probably not, but I do think you have to ask the question because you just never know in wrestling these days. I just think it's more of a, a, a of a branding. It's 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 throwing a dart, I think, but it's like, but it's, it's like it's when you go up no to the plate. When you go up to the plate and you're swinging for a home run, it's easier to swing for a home run if you know you are guaranteed a single, no matter what happens. Right. And to me, that's what they did. It, it's like a lot of times you have to ask the question, why? Why do that? Why do that? Why not do that? Like it just can't hurt in my opinion. If it doesn't lead to anything, oh, well, if it does lead to something, then 
great. Good. Yeah, on them, bonus. So. It's, exactly. it's truly a bonus. But, uh, last thought before before we go into our our getting on here, how um how interesting of a time for wrestling fans is it right now when you consider what could be available for your television screens in in the coming year between whatever you want to make of Billy Corgan and his NWA and his CW deal and his territory thing. Like you say what you will, it's made, it's made a little bit of news. Now, will it, will it really turn into anything? Probably not, because if you're on a CW cable outfit, outfit, you could be on at four in the morning. You could be on at three in the afternoon on a Tuesday. You just right. never like, is quite it, know. Is, is it going to be a local market thing like Ring of Honor was? Like, right. I have a lot of questions so, about that. But you get that you've got TNA, you know, making some sort of push and a change and a shift towards next year. You still have AEW. You still have the WWE. Both of them are are as profitable as wrestling has ever been more profitable. If you look at like just sheer numbers and, and all of that. Plus you can still catch things like women of wrestling. You can still catch, um, uh, new Japan. Like there's just so many opportunities that don't require you to have too much work to do to see more wrestling and different wrestling, like the the big yeah. preach that you hear from folks is, I want something different. I don't want to see what the WWE does. Well, now you have the WWE. You have what AEW puts out there. You have what Impact puts out there. You have reruns of New Japan out there that follows Impact. You possibly will have this NWA. Like, there's just, it's good opportunity. It's good stuff. OBW, you know, I'm- I can find OBW on TV on my satellite provider. Can you? That's nice. Yeah. I'm, it, it's interesting. If not for the whole Billy Corgan TNA impact wrestling issue, I don't know why Anthem wouldn't want to sign them up to be right. on AXS. Like it just, you know, new Japan like was on there and now it's more the reruns. Like, I think that's something that, that there, there's a lot of opportunity that Anthem had that I think they missed because of their commitment to, to, to impact wrestling slash TNA that they still could have maintained. But yeah, it's right. a crazy time. It, we're like the luckiest generation ever being Gen Xers. Like we've lived literally from eight track up to, you know, streaming and in wrestling too. Like we literally started in, in the rock and wrestling era. And now, you know, here we are in this age of dig- everything being digital, like this digital wrestling age. Like, it's just crazy what we, and, and we're not even that old if you really think about it. So yeah, we've lived through a ton and got a ton more to come. God, who knows? Who knows what we'll see in, in the future. But again, never thought we'd see the return of TNA. And yet, you know, here, here we, are. we are headed towards January where TNA is going to come back. I, I hope, I hope it, ha- I don't know what results they desire out of it, but I hope they get like TNA went from this like laughable, cockroach that'll never die like you just lol tna shake your head at them to where i really do think a lot of those same people like us are now rooting for them to succeed they've oh, got great totally talent rooting for them scott demore like you said it's fantastic i i still record the show i should because I, I have it i have it on youtube tv i, I have I, unlimited DVR I, I, it is it totally. is on my subscription list on my dvr but do you watch it yes Here's the thing, Greg. I watch, I am more inclined to watch Impact 
over my SmackDown or Raw recordings. I get that. I, like I said, I if I watched one wrestling show a week, it would be NXT. Like there's just that one show that people watch because it right. is different. It, it, even like, though they've made a ton of changes to Raw and SmackDown, I still would watch. If I had to pick one, I would watch NXT. I just would. And and my number two is SmackDown. Like I would watch SmackDown first. Yeah. Like Raw, frankly, the tough thing for me with Raw is this is terrible. I bowl on Monday nights, right? right. So I got to record Raw. So then I come home on Tuesday. I'm uh, I've got basically until ten ish my time, right, to get raw under my belt. But in between that is you know being a dad, taking care of you know doing the family stuff, and then maybe I can raw as DVR it. And kind of get through stuff, but it's, I'm, I'm almost always three to four days late on raw. And by the time I get to the point where I can actually sit and consume raw because it's so long commercial breaks, notwithstanding, I I have the gist of what happened and and don't need to watch it with SmackDown being on a Friday and God knows where it'll be when the next, when the next contract comes up, the convenience of, being able to start it on Saturday morning, same thing with Impact. Like I can, I can get up Saturday morning, watch that, and then go about my day. I agree. It's and WWE has created that space too, where you don't have to watch their programming, and it's mm-hmm. weird. Once that now that they've fully created a space where you don't have to watch their programming, they're doing better. It's just right. because they know that the hardcores will, will tune in somehow. But the casuals are propping up all the TV and, and everything else. Um, and plus, they're selling tickets like crazy. I mean, it's just, but but they don't, you know, you have to watch Impact or AEW to find out what the heck's going on there. You used to have to watch Being the Elite to know what was going on in, in AEW. Um, but in WWE, like, you could literally just go on Twitter and figure out everything that happened that you need to know. You could go on probably TikTok. I'm not on it, but you could probably find everything on there, too. Like, it's just everywhere what's going on it's hard it's really 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 hard to say spoiler free to stay spoiler free in this day and age for that reason but yeah you're exactly right like it's it's that that consuming but i think it's great that you have impact that's like your can't miss that i have nxt that it's my can't miss like i'm, I'm glad that there's those, those other programs you brought up scott demore and i've said this before and i'll say it again first of all he got better when don Callis left go figure like yep. more work piled on his plate he got better if they were to ever go south, I guarantee you he'd walk right into a job with WWE. Has oh, probably sure. had phone calls with from WWE and and probably knows that he has that there. Yeah, I, I would knows? agree with that 100 percent But good like, for them. Good for everybody. Good for us. Go follow Patrick Down on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Go follow me at Greg DeMarco 44. Follow the website, thechairshot.com at Chairshot Media. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Listen to all of the great programs that we have. I listened to Bandwagon Nerds this week. And even though now that I don't have a commute, it's so much harder for me to listen to podcasts. I, I listen to next to nothing right now, but I, I found time to dial up bandwagon nerds. There was something that I wanted to ask you about. I can't remember it now whatsoever, but it wasn't a uh, Tony casting a dead guy. 
for no. real because that was a highlight of the show. It was a good was, show, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> it might have been something that happened during the trailer park. I just cannot remember whatsoever. That's fair. So, well, if you remember know. it, you can ask me off off show. I, I will. Yeah, I might have to go back and re-listen to it. But yeah, I listened to almost the whole whole episode at this point. But nice. I've gotten them to tighten it up pretty good. I thought you'd be proud of us. Yeah, hour thirty nine minutes was this week's episode. That's good for us. It's very good. That's outstanding. That's almost how long this show is. Um, or this show is almost that long at this point this week. So, but go listen to that DWI podcast. So much more right here on the chair shot radio network, which you can of course find the chair shot.com or you played that go to pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot, pick up one of those beautiful chair shot t-shirts. You'll be glad you did. And so will we, as far as next time, uh, who knows what the world of professional wrestling is going to bring us, but it always brings us something good. But that's enough talk. Let's have a little more action. We will see you next time on The Great DeMarco Show. A little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less bark, a little less... Acknowledge me! You just made the list! TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always use your head. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.